alchemical goat. In talking about the inner child, which is what we want to talk about today, mm-hmm. um, I have been so... I had my own inner child breakdown yesterday. Like, straight up. And I was like, what? What is happening? Mm-hmm. What is happening right now? Um, I called it a panic attack or an anxiety attack. More like it's more like an anxiety attack. Um, and you know, it's so funny as you work with inner child stuff and you help people with their own inner child stuff, you tend to think that like, I mean, not to get egotistical, but I'm like my inner child, she's good. And then something happens and you're like, Oh, there it is. Oh, she's not good. Okay. So that ongoing process of of taking care of your inner child. Now, what is an inner child? I guess we should probably go through that, right? Well, you know, as I was studying this morning, preparing for this, that the inner child is that part of us inside. And I just want to specify that probably everybody on this planet has some sort of inner child wounding, regardless of how great your parents were, regardless of all of the things. It's that part of ourselves, which we deny as adults, usually. We're just not in touch with them. Mm -hmm. And they probably, for the most part, receive some sort of trauma, some sort of hardship, something that they have been trying to overcome. And as we deny them that need to be seen, right? Because we always talk about like, oh, I need to shine my light. Well, part of that is like you learned as a child, like, oh, if I'm too bright, somebody's going to get upset. Yeah. Right. And and I was going and thinking about that today as I was like driving Mm -hmm. up to the location that we record. And I'm thinking to myself like, oh yeah, those times in class where somebody was obviously very upset when the teacher was paying me more attention or liked my idea. And the part of me that inside was like, right or like the next time I had a comment and I and I go through this still I mean like just that group we were in the other night I was like do I say anything right because like you I have been studying for a long time yeah you had so I was waiting so just backstory uh we were at a tea and tarot group reading thing and You, Jessica, by far is, you know, she's going to introduce herself shortly, but she's been studying tarot for 25 plus years, probably. Right. And I'm thinking, I want her there. This is the first time she'd gone. This is the second time I had gone. And I'm thinking, well, she's going to freaking rock the the group. And she's over there being super quiet. And I'm like, oh, my God, why isn't she saying anything? She knows stuff share it like we want like that was the thing I think it's that you I could clearly tell you were like I don't know what I should say and I'm like why is she what yeah well (laughs) but a little bit about that is like that's that part of me well and honestly like the things that I did think say I think really resonated yes that's why I was like say more of them But then also there's a group dynamic that, you know, I don't want to take away from what other people, you know what I mean? Because then I, you you know, you have this propensity to come and be like, well, this card means this. And then people aren't identifying with what's most important in the tarot, which Mm -hmm. is their inner knowledge of, you know, the things. And I don't, I don't want to take away from that, but I do want to add too, like when we got to the moon card and like, 
the profound shift that happened when we talked about that. And yeah. I know it was that could be part of inner child work too, by yeah, the way, because that's I mean, like our you know, there's a lot around speaking up when you know something and mm-hmm. trusting your knowledge and I think your inner inner children our inner children um you know a lot of us especially in maybe our age group there was a lot of children should be seen and not heard there's a little bit of that um that plays into who we are as adults now where uh we don't speak up for ourselves especially women right um we tend to to stay passive or just we want to stay quiet we don't want to ruffle feathers we don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable we don't want to look like we're know-it-alls and and i and and it's so that's huge in the woman dynamic right of of the world right of of i you know i actually do know this right you know i do know well you get mansplained too i was just gonna say that (laughs) I totally got mansplained to you the other day, and I was like, oh my god. This well, is, you're an this expert in something, and right. somebody's like, this I is, know this. I, this is why I don't make any comments on anything on social media, because strangers will tell me things. And I'm like, okay, I, this is why I don't engage. Why Why did I engage today? Why? So, um, yeah, so the, you know, this inner child stuff that doesn't go away. <laughs> That you're constantly working on. Um, and I'm constantly reminding people to check in with sure. their inner child. Um, so, you know, as I do this work with other people. And why don't you say a little bit about that work? So, I'm Bobby Larson. I'm a hypnotherapist and business mentor. And when I do hypnotherapy, I, produ- I, I really focus a lot on the inner child work, inner family work in general and we'll probably do other podcasts on the various like inner family aspects your inner mother inner father inner mate right um all of those that come up but the the one of the first my first go-to is let's introduce you to your inner child because that is where all of your anxiety all of your hurt all of your self-esteem fear all of your fear your addictions Mm -hmm. your you know your self-soothing processes all of these things are stemming from whatever was hurt like when you know whatever someone said to you when you were a little kid and i you know i actually had a girlfriend i we were talking the other day and she's just like she's doing this that whole thing about i'm not doing enough I feel bad. Her neck was hurt. She was hurt. She could barely move. She kept trying to move and she was like, oh, it hurts so bad. And I'm like, will you just lay still? Just relax and let your neck stop seizing, right? Your muscles are seizing because you're not, you just won't stop. She's like, but I have so many things I should be doing. And I was like, whose voice is that? Yeah. Who's telling you that you have so many things to be doing? And I had to remind her that it was her father when she was little telling her she was always supposed to be doing this, that, this, and whatever. It was her mother who told her she was never good enough unless she was doing this, this, that, and that. And she was like, 
oh my God, you're right. Like, that's not even my voice. I'm like, I know it's not your voice. that's telling you these things. So, I mean, I could go on and on about inner child. <laughs> well, and I think that's a fascinating point because as an astrologer, Right. And as somebody who I'm like really working on finding the dynamics between the hypnotherapy tarot, which is like another Mm -hmm. form of like that subconscious work and astrology. And as I was thinking of this, I think we could look at the fifth house, Mm -hmm. which is interestingly enough, which I find inner child work to be imaginative, which is ruled by that fifth house is ruled by the sign of Leo. Right. Uh And like, That inner part of ourselves, which I think when you get into this at first, you're like, am I just imagining this? Mm -hmm. Is this, but, but those things really do hold hands. Our imagination, when we're speaking with somebody on the ethereal plane, speaking with somebody's higher self Mm -hmm. in that part of ourselves, which needs to shine. Mm -hmm. Those are like such important key words to the hypnotherapy and the work that we do when we go inside of ourselves and find these missing pieces. Yeah. And this part of ourselves, which like, so if we're a whole person in a world full of broken and, and I, I, there was something else I really wanted to share about this though. The term damage versus wounded. Yeah. Yeah. And the difference in how important those That's two very, words very are. very, very different meanings, right? Absolutely. Damaged makes you think you're never going to be able to fix it. No. Wounded, it is fixable. Right. It will heal right. if you give it the, the right first aid, right? And that gives our brain that thing of like, oh, I'm wounded. Yeah. I need to look for a solution yes. as opposed to being damaged to where like, I'm just walking in the world damaged. Right. Right. So, you know, as we sort of kind of open up to this and, and how do we look at our inner child and, and that part of ourselves, which has been told you can't be seen, yeah. it's not safe out there. Yeah. There's so much going on, you know, and then how we've kind of fixed that through things like control and manipulation. I've got to manipulate my outside world. I've got to stop the way we're, you're seeing me so that, you know, you see me in a certain way, my perfectionist tendencies and like normalizing that we're all in some one form of this or another, right? None of us are walk. I'm I'm sorry. I've never met one person that is like perfect in this world. That's like not damn not, excuse me, not wounded. Yes. I have never seen that. And so they're looking at it. They're definitely, well, it's so interesting because as I've got, I, you know, in your younger life, you look at other people and you go, oh, they look so, they're so perfect. <laughs> right, right. They're so right. freaking perfect. Oh, they're like, even is now so charmed. Yes. Social media is and great then, for that. Right. Oh, they're going on and a trip. If you just take a second, just take one second and realize they are not, they are wounded just like you. Right. And, and you may not see it because they've been really good. They've taught themselves how to mask, how to cover it up and how to manipulate, manipulation. how to manipulate. Right. And it's so interesting. So I want to go back, um, to the astrology of this. Mm-hmm. First, why don't you introduce yourself? Oh, well, I'm Jessica. I'm an astrologer, tarot reader, and hypnotherapist. Right. And I am 
the owner of a Hysteria Awakenings, which is really incorporating all of this work and eventually bringing all of these things together to create wholeness. Yeah. You know, because I feel yeah. like astrology shows us like the fuck, you yeah. know, like wh- where, yeah. what, what happened? Yeah. And, and also integrating this higher self, right? Yeah. This per, this, this being that's part of your, you know, the little Russian dolls, right. you know, this bigger right. part of yourself that chose these challenges yeah. that chose your family. When we realize that we chose these things to create wholeness yes. for our higher self, yeah. because there was kinks lessons. in our There's learning lessons right. that we needed to learn. And that's, it's interesting because, so, well, first I'm going to go back to the astrology thing when you said <clears throat> fifth house ruled by Leo. Now, I, this is just some stereotypical thoughts in my head, Leo's that I know. There's a lot of self-absorption <laughs> in Leo. There's a lot of narcissism, which, which, but, but as children, that's who we are, right? So that, right. that's a very, to me, that's such an accurate description, right? Because we especially in like the early childhood, right? You aren't, you think you're the center. You're the only, there's no buddy else. It's just you, the whole the world, sun, which is ruled by right, Leo, right? You're so the you, center of the universe. universe. And, and there, you know, you, you want the attention you want, you, you don't want it. You actually need it, especially sure. when we're babies and we're, you know, we, it's a survival it's thing. It's a survival right? thing. Also, right? you're merged with the mother. Right. And and so getting those needs met, yep. you know, allows you to And move anything going up. on in the pregnancy and mm-hmm. an early thing that mm-hmm. even the stuff that you're not aware of. I mean, how many yeah. stories did we hear in the class about people who all of a sudden we're going back to when they were in yes. utero. Yes. Dealing with stuff that their mom was going through yeah. because you know what I, when you're pregnant and okay. whether you planned it or not, it becomes a whole thing. Your yeah. body is shifted. Your, you know, depending on how your pregnancy is going, if you're throwing up every day, you're not feeling good. Yeah. You're not yourself. Yeah. Smells used to drive me crazy. Oh my God, I was so sensitive to smells. And, and it's interesting that you bring this up of what, because, because for instance, one of my really good friends died while I was pregnant with my daughter and we were sitting bedside in the hospital. I, when I say we, me and my daughter in my, in my womb, right? right? <laughs> or who, her womb? Is it my womb or is it her womb? That's, that's a whole thing. But I remember feeling really, I mean, I was obviously sad. My friend was dying. Right. And I remember telling Charlotte in my womb, being like, I am so sorry that you have to feel this with me. Like, I could literally tell that she was getting... Because your hormones are changing, right? Mm-hmm. And there, things are... And all that emotion changes your hormones. And I'm like, they're going right in there. I'm like, oh my God, this poor little baby is like, I have to feel your suit your intense sadness right now like this is so awful and the intense love but also the gift of that right because now we're moving through what the human experience is which is about feeling these emotions right and even though for the longest time during a lot of people's upbringing before we came into the world yeah 
they didn't move through emotion, right? They right. held onto it and stuffed it somewhere. So Put your daughter your got to be a yes. portal for all of that energy and somebody coming into the world and somebody leaving. Like that cycle yeah. and that eighth house, which is about death and rebirth and the yeah. cycles of life. She got to be a part of that. And that yeah. must have been a very special connecting. I, I like I'm like totally in chills right now, by the way. Yeah. It was intense. The, yeah, that connecting yeah. moment between Charlotte, who's uh-huh. coming through. Yeah, and Sarah that was leaving. And who was, was leaving. Right. Yeah. And it, and it's funny because um, it's like it's so many when she passed, her mom gave me Sarah's baby ring. Aww. It was this little ring. Of course, I lost it, which is awful. I still feel like there was a reason for that. Like, it's just so funny that it just It will vanished. come when it's meant to. But I know it's probably somewhere. Uh, I, I, I mean, but we have moved and I, who knows? The, the thing is, is that it wasn't... It was more just the symbolism and the thought of it. Really, it was... It's interesting, too, because her little brother, my friend who's passed, her little brother had two boys. So it's like that was the only I'm I'm the girl like I got it was like that heirloom that passed down to the daughter or something. And yeah, you know, the similarities between my daughter and Sarah, there's there's these things that pop up all the time. And I'm like, this is so weird. It's, and I don't, you know, I don't really think much about like how souls reincarnate or how energy necessarily transfers from one person to another. I never really thought about it in death to birth. Like you hear about reincarnation, right? And I'm, I'm, but I'm like, she's not a full reincarnation. It's just like these bits of this energy that shifted into her or something like the, or they had a connection. There's like a connection there that like, maybe, you know, maybe now Charlotte's just tapped into and she's not even realizing like she's getting, well, these she's messages. got a guardian obviously. Yeah. And then yeah. the other part is, is I've been doing a lot of like listening to books about like that sort of middle ground between life and mm-hmm. where we go to plan our next life. Right. Like right. Cause we're in earth right. school. Essentially, we're reincarnating to learn different things. And I don't know about reincarnation as far as like family lines. I think that it's more like random than that. I do too. Based on what your needs are and what you want to develop as a soul. And that's kind of like Michael Newton. And I can't remember who wrote the Mindful Universe. But, you know, there are these... Remind me to put this in the show notes. Yes. (laughs) Um, And so I think... We're in soul groups. Yeah. Soul clusters. Yeah. And yeah. and so like there's a recognition on mm-hmm. earth when you come across somebody that you've met that is part of that group. That's so funny. I, I, 1997, watching an episode of X-Files, they had this conversation. <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh my, that's, that feels, that resonated. Right. So I was 17 and I was like, Whoa, because of the people I knew and the people that were in my life, the, the familiarity with them or how, how you could connect with someone so deeply 
that isn't family, that isn't whatever. Like you, you start having these relationships, especially like you recognize them as you're a teenager going into adulthood. It's like the people you start creating your own family. Right. Also on the other end of that, the people that you have the most challenging aspects with mm-hmm. are those people that you yes. selected. And, and so kind yes. of going back to this wholeness aspect and recognizing that, you know what, even though I have issues with you, that mm-hmm. there's a much bigger picture at play mm-hmm. that like on the other side, we're close friends. Yeah. That I yeah. actually really love you and it's that separation between us yeah. that I'm really feeling when we conflict, when yeah. we have these issues. When I find myself really being angry at you, it's because I know how close we are. Yeah. And something in us kind of recognizes people. Like like think about like the person that drives you yes. nuts and that, that yeah. energy and like you want to avoid them and then like when you're around them, everything they do you feel insecure about mm-hmm. and then that person has become that challenge for you and it yeah. could be anybody actually yeah that you have that soul connection with that yes. came here to kind of help you work through those well, you challenges you have to learn these lessons right you have to learn these lessons and so you know going back to the inner child and the the idea of reincarnation and picking sure you know and i've told you the story about charlotte telling me she chose me. Right, right. She's like, I chose you. You were in the back. And I was like, I, what, in the back of where? Like, her planet. Her <laughs> I love planet. that Capricorn. Like, what? <laughs> her planet. She's been telling me this since she could talk. Yeah. I chose you. And she used to say, I want to go home. I think I've talked about that before. I want to go home. I was like, you are home. No, this is not my home. Like, she was like adamant. Like, this is fairly this is common for kids. For, for kids. Who right? are tapped in. Right. So what's so interesting, you go back to these inner child wounds, right? And back to your childhood and you have these memories, right? So what kind of parents do you have? Do you have the parents that are like, oh, you're so silly. You're just like, you know, imagining things, you're whatever. Or do you have a parent like me who's like, oh, tell me more. Like, right? Let's go deeper into this. Like, I'm like, I want to know all about your planet. Like, draw me pictures. Like, what? what, tell me about it. Right? And and so, and and you make those decisions, right? So somewhere Charlotte knew that she was going to be able to come here and be like, tell me. She was going to be able to tell me that she chose me. And I was going to be like, freaked out. And also like, cool like <laughs> right but how this do you reminds me of dolores cannon mm-hmm. and she was I didn't a get to watch that yet but I'm very famous to. hypnotherapist yeah, yeah i've was seen doing her in it, some stuff right yeah. doing it for a long time where charlotte because she remembers her uh, you know her other planet like came here like she's a new soul but because she developed elsewhere to come yeah. here to help humanity Do and she's probably thing, yeah. part of that third wave right so very interesting how these things all connect like yeah. are you part of the karma yeah you know are you part of this like earth school did you come right. here to develop your soul over a millennia of time right working with planet earth helping to evolve are you someone that came here like recently right and then they're all like there's so many things i mean i don't I don't know if I have the one answer necessarily, but I love examining, especially for hypnotherapy, because Mm -hmm. I think it gives us an interesting view on what's going on and what we need to work on. And I didn't realize 
before going into hypnotherapy that it actually has the tools and the skills for us to be able to work on ourselves at a deeper, more profound level. And knowing that is very helpful because like when I do meditation at night, I'm looking for that wholeness, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and knowing too, that we still live in a world where a majority of people aren't doing this work yeah. and how these things have to hold hands. Well, they're just quite literally hold hands. Like right. the inner child, I, you know, what I do generally is take people down into their trance and introduce them to their inner child. And I literally have them hold hands. I literally have sure. them hug. I literally... I mean, there's so much like just that physical contact that I I make them look at their inner child in the eyes, make eye contact with your little, you know, and I, and I make sure that they're going and explaining or really seeing what they're wearing. How did they used to wear their hair? You know, where is their happy place? Cause all little kids, right all little kids have like that place that they loved their like little fort or their playground or this one backyard spot or, you know, all these like little locations that they used to like to go to. Um, and I make sure that they go back to those times and reconnect and see it. And I can't tell you, it's so so, cause I know, I remember my first inner child connection, mm-hmm. um, and I had no idea I had no, and this wasn't even that long ago. This was probably only three years ago, maybe, right? maybe two, 2019, three years ago. I don't know. What year is it? <laughs> it's been three years. It's been three years. And I had no idea like I had heard about inner child work. It's so funny because it feels like something I've been doing forever. Right. I'm like three years. It's not that long. No. Um, but I had no idea what she needed. But we're introducing needed. this. Yes. Right? right. To society as now. It's starting as this, to become. Right. What's so funny though is like, for instance, um, the video that I watched this morning, that's old. I think. Yes. I mean, it looks like the nineties. Like, yeah, totally looks like the like, 90s or early was, 2000s. There was a woman with a hat. Oh, I was like, what? What is this fashion? I didn't. I didn't watch. I I, I listened, saw it but... towards the end, and I like as I was turning, it was like at the it's end. Like Oprah audience, and they like <laughs> Oprah, totally Oprah audience, and I was like, oh my god, okay. But the work, so and and honestly, like alchemical hypnotherapy therapy has been around for 30 years, so you know, or more even. Um, <laughs> excuse me. So it's not like the work and this inner child stuff is new, but I think it's becoming more accepted and more, um, maybe more understood. Like just the, it's kind of that exponential, like it was started off really small and then you kind of do this. Well, it's like the occult and witchcraft and all the things. All those things. Nobody talked about it. It's kind of like you kind of know. If you do, or you But I think it unfolds like fire from the gods, right? Like, you know, one day you don't have it, the next day it's It's, there, right? And and then, then, right. And then so we're (laughs) like, oh, okay, this isn't so bad. Let me see how I can work with this. Oh, now I can make food. Now I can do this. I have a lot of interest. I like always wonder, I'm like, do therapists, just regular therapists talk about this. Like this feels to me like it would be step one. For me, it's always step one in any session is like, 
let's get you down and like have you because once you are supporting your inner child you now can face all the things that come up right all those things because every time something comes up it is that inner child reacting sure right so then i i would do like adult jessica now you're supporting little jessica what does little jessica need and right. you're the voice for little jessica right? right you're protecting you're protecting your you're giving them all the tools that they need now to what is and and also giving just giving them an opportunity to recreate and 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 redo that right. trauma so whatever that trauma was that i mean that becomes all the pe- so there's know, a couple of things right because then now we're going into emotional clearing yeah which i think like of course we want to stand up for the inner child we want the inner child to feel protected to feel loved and and that's one part of the work but then there's this other part of the work that says i endured this trauma mm-hmm. and i need to relive it like rebreak yeah. the bone in order mm-hmm. to clear it so that i can actually listen to my inner child yeah. right because like as as much mm-hmm. as we want to go to the inner child and be like, it's okay now. Here I am. Yeah, I yeah, showed yeah. up for you today. Yeah. Oh, no. We right? got to put them in back into their... But there's a reason why this stuff happened. And it's a, it's, it's a way in which... And here's the thing. We're... As much as like we're looking at ourselves now and we're able to do this shadow work, we still have trauma. Mm-hmm. Our parents had trauma. Their parents had trauma. So generationally we're looking back towards the beginning of time to try to look at where you know we got these ideas so Mm -hmm. we're not just doing the work for ourselves right we're doing it for our ancestors we're doing it for our future generations we're trying to stop this before it you know continues on because i literally when we were talking about this in uh the class thought this is the key right. to how to change humanity. Because yeah. I think the people in Washington are all running around with these poor damaged inner childs yeah. that they refuse to look at. And now they're taking it out on the world. Yeah. And I'm thinking exactly what's happening <laughs> on a smaller level. The only person I have control over is myself, yeah. but then normalizing, I can go back and look at little Jessica and say, are you okay? Yeah holding her hand and looking at where this wounding came from and looking at it in a non-biased, non-judgmental yeah, way. Exactly. Because I don't think that my parents were bad people. I think they did the best they could. And even the worst, I mean, I know this is going to be so controversial, but even the worst people really, they learn that behavior They're from somewhere. They're only doing the best that they can. Right. And that yeah. behavior came to them it, as part of a generational was, Yeah. And just because it was shitty doesn't mean that it's not their best. Right. And like, so looking back yeah. and being like, because this is what happens is we're polarized. Right. Mm-hmm. So when we look back at something, we want to grab a side. I, poor yeah. me. Yeah. And, yeah. And yes, Poor you. Like, I don't want to take that away from you, but I want to recognize that everybody in that situation is wounded. Yeah. That even though there is an adult there, see, we want to give all of this responsibility to, to adults, adults. Yes. But the adults are still running are around with wounded inner, inner child. children. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. I mean, the, the, uh, when I was listening to that show on the way here and he brings up the movie big and I mm-hmm. was cracking up, I was like, that's exactly what it's like. <laughs> We're all just little people in adult bodies. Right? right. And, and the sooner that you realize that your parents are also those, right. Right. The ones and when I say parents, it's like your parental figures, whoever raised you, right? right? Um, and, you know, the sooner you realize that, and that goes into mother wound work, which is what I really focus on, but but the sooner you realize your mom is just a broken little child too, right? and how little control over, they, over their reactions um, that you have is... The better, like right. <laughs> the quicker well, and you get through it. Everything was cause and effect. Yeah, there yeah. was a cause, and then there was an effect, and then there was a cause, and then there was an effect. It's yeah. like one of the rules of the universe. Yeah. Like nothing happens without like some sort of equal reaction. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we, when we go into that, and then like one of the other things I like what he said is like he was a parent, and like so he like totally. What is his name? John Bradshaw. John, thank you. Okay. He totally overreacted in the other yeah. way. Like he, his inner child was now parenting his kids. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. Was like... Which was what happened to me yesterday. My inner child was totally trying to parent my children and completely failed. Right. And I was like, I'm going to go home now and have a glass of wine and nobody talk to me for the rest of the night. Cause I am a mess. Like, right. you know, and, and it comes up and you're like, Oh crap. And, and, I wasn't going to have kids and because I probably recognized somewhere, right? That like my inner children, child was, but I didn't even know I had one. Like right. at that point, I didn't even know I but had But you know it. you have trauma. But I you know, know I have, have trauma and I was like, oh God, it's going to pass down to my kids. Like you, you, in, I feel like there's an instinct there. There is an instinct of I'm going to parent. And, and so often people have said this to me over the years like I don't I had such like shitty parents that I'm gonna be a shitty parent right and and that's where that idea is self-fulfilling right right and and it's like well you don't have to be if you do the work to work through whatever it was that your parents taught you in in the way of parenting right Right. well that's where the generational cycle and the cycle breakers come in is that we say you know I, I don't have judgment on what happened there anymore because I realized that everybody did the best they could. Exactly. And and not and not to say that like there's no responsibility there, but also no, because but you, of you know, for one, like if your parents are passed on, you can still do the work. Yeah. You can still meet up with them and say, you know, you really hurt me. And then yeah. the, now we're bringing in this communication. We're bringing in all of these things that some of us don't have because we decided that our inner child was running the show at some point. And then we learned like, like you're saying that you didn't want to have kids because you didn't want to like pass all that on. I felt so unsafe in the world that I didn't want to have kids because I thought it would be like myself on the outside and like trying to protect them. Yes, And because I'm an empath. And I'm empathic that way and I feel other people's stuff. It was, that would have been like so hard for me. And unfortunately there is a little bit of separation between me and my kids that I don't 
feel that. But of course, yeah. any problem that they have, I'm like, oh my God, let's yeah, yeah, fix yeah. it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and then that's where I've become the fixer. I've become like, you know what, let me, you know, and that's, again, that inner, even the things that we can say are our good qualities are also mm-hmm. sort of coming from that wounded inner child, Oh, definitely. Right? <laughs> Definitely. It's funny because, yeah, you can be manipulative, you can be angry, you can have addictions, but also you can be like overly nurturing because you're trying to compensate or you can be, um, you know, just like that. That's where the helicopter parenting, I think, comes into play. Right. With the whole or getting your kids in every single thing they can possibly be. in. Right. They can't ever have downtime because. I mean, when I had downtime, my inner child went awry or It's or so funny because this is right? so fifth house. It's being it is, on the stage. Totally. totally. You know, be acting totally. out, acting out, being, you know, what does yes. that, you know, inner child like is on the stage, they're acting out their relationship dynamics. You know, the idea of relationships too, this is like this, you know, besides what you learn from your parents just in a, as a child, you learn how to be in relationships. Sure. That's like your first, you know, idea of what love is and what, what it means to bond and what it means to communicate. And, and all of these ideas are, I mean, women, I guess you want to say, you know, predominantly it's like women look at their fathers and like women marry their fathers and, Sons marry their mothers and this ongoing, it's kind of a weird, perpetual Freudian Oedipus kind of weird thing. And, you know, but it it really is where we learn how to interact with other humans on the planet. Right. And, and in intimate relationships, Right, which is also ruled by the fifth, the fifth house. house. Yeah. Because those things are in connection, right? So like how we are treated, our inner child, mm-hmm. and how safe we feel yeah. is a direct, you know, give and take between how somebody else is going to treat us. How do we allow ourselves to treat ourselves, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and it's so weird because they're like sort of the yin and the yang of each other. So if you're hurting inside, you're going to attract people mm-hmm. that resonate because the guy was yeah. talking about that. John yeah. Bradshaw was talking about yes. that in, in that video about how you resonate at a frequency that attracts people with your brand of dysfunction. Yes. <laughs> and so I'm not laughing. No, I but laughing there's, at there's all a of our dysfunctional marriages right. and relationships that I've been watching. Right. <laughs> but there's there's this sort of homing device about like you can only allow yourself to be treated how you're familiar with being treated. And so like that's where the fifth house becomes really important. And I want to make another sort of jump to the seventh house, which is all relationships. Mm. So these two houses in our astrology chart and our natal chart play a huge, uh, a huge piece of how we're letting relationships in our life play out. The yeah. intimacy when we're allowed to be vulnerable with somebody, which is our inner child, mm-hmm. that vulnerability, yeah. and how that goes to the seventh house, which is like how we are in relationships on the outside, right? Yeah. Like, so those, you know, and and it's not just relationships like romantic. Yeah. It's the relationships we have with everybody. Yeah. Our family members, which is also fourth house, but our family members, 
the relationships we have at work, the relationships we have with our friends, and then community, which is the 11th house. But all of these things play into Mm -hmm. how are you in this dynamic? And then these other places, which is where you can get more information about them. So this is what I love about astrology is it's sort of the map of the whole. Yeah. And then the, the whole, which is us. Yeah. Which is in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, you know, and I want to do the, I want to definitely do another show about the mother wound because obviously it's my, my jam, but it's, it's interesting that you bring up the idea of like, it's not just your intimate relationships. I mean, or your partner or whatever, but your relationships with the outer world, including like your friendships. And I, I think women in particular, we have really done a number on our, our inner, our relationships with other women. Right. Um, because they reflect us. They, yes. And, and we have, we have really raised generations of women in competition Mm -hmm. and, and they're, you know, we're all battling for what we've been told are limited resources. I mean, this is just not, not just in women, but just in humanity in general. Um, but women seem to have this innate, um, like one upmanship right on each other. They, there's always this, you know, even with my closest friends, you know they're talking shit about you behind your back, right? They, you have another friend, there's a, a third friend, and they're having a conversation about you. I've done it with right. other friends. I know I've done it, right? And how much of that is those problem-solving, like if you have a relationship issue and then right. somebody's outside of that saying, you know, like you're looking for advice versus mm-hmm. like an outright condemning of that person and their behavior and like where do those things intersect because right. i think we I have this saying. thing yeah. where we're shaming ourselves for wanting to problem solve with right. another person right versus like outright talking well, about them and not allowing them to be I their think, true authentic i self. think there has to be i think what's really happening is there's women that are as we grow and as we improve as we as we do our self-development, as we get older and go into our, you know, midlife and later into like the more crone time of our life, we start seeing it's all kind of bullshit. Right. And this work definitely brings up that bullshit. And the more I do it and the more I do my own like inner child stuff and, and, and deal with mother wounding and look at the women around me the less I want women in my life that I know are going to judge me, mm-hmm. I want more women supporting each other. Sure. Right. And I see it's so interesting because I like have, I have different groups of friends. Me too. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know you do too. We're both like, like kind of the, the I, chameleon. I was just <laughs> reading something about it last night actually. And I was, I think it was, I can't remember what, what I saw, but it was like, are you the person that's like always kind of you have multiple groups of friends, but you're not really attached to any of them? And I was like, oh, my God, that's totally me. I've always been like that. I just always have had like like groups of friends or I have like really close one or two people. Yeah. Right. 
But if you're if you're in that dynamic where you have like different groups of friends and you see how they all interrelate with each other, right? You get to pop in and pop out like I'm really good at popping in. And so I'm, you know, in this one particular group and I'm watching this dynamic go down and I'm like, oh, you know, and I say to one of them, she's she's like, the others are saying this and that and doing this and that. And I'm like, so you're just going to now move on like you do realize that like you don't need this negativity. You don't you don't need that feedback. That's not what you want in your life. Are these really women really supporting you or are they jealous of you? It, there's almost like a jealousy that kind of pops so up. So I've or, noticed this actually in like this bigger context of like a group of people that I don't really fit into anymore. And, like, the younger Jessica who felt very guilty or mm-hmm. not really taking care of myself and just trying to fit into this space, yeah. Yeah. realizing later, like, now that I'm doing some healing work and I'm shutting doors, finally, yeah. Yeah. going in and, like, seeing and, like, so now my intuition isn't like, oh, that's not jealousy or that's right. not instead to break you down. Like you must be misunderstanding that. Yeah. And then putting right. the responsibility back on yourself of like, you know what, because this is how you fit in. Yeah. This is the ill um, relationship mechanisms that mm-hmm. kick in that say, yeah. oh, it must not be them. They're it's perfect. You. It's me. Yeah. And then realizing that these people that I've given all this credit to for so long aren't actually the people that, you know, deserve that. Yeah. So to speak. And that they're human beings. I don't think that there's anything wrong with them. But noticing for myself of where I feel good. Because, see, I've been silencing that part of Mm -hmm. myself that says, oh, I should just be here because this is the people that I'm attracting. So I'm not trusting the universe. Right. And I'm also not cutting people out of my life that make me feel bad. Yeah. And I don't think it's anything about them. It's just a relationship dynamic that's been going on for so long when I wasn't taking care of myself. Well, you were taught. Sure. Your little Jessica was taught, like... To be liked, to fit in, you make excuses for the other. Right. And and, and it's just... It's, it's a way of not even seeing myself because I can't fix what I don't know is broken. Yeah. You know, and then all the time I feel like I'm so not whole. Yeah. And walking around creating relationship with that and then giving them all my power. And I have mm-hmm. Pluto in the seventh house, so this is very part of my dynamic but I'm also a very powerful person at the same time right and when I am in my power right but (laughs) when I'm in my power people recognize that and I'm able to be seen for that instead of saying to somebody oh you know more than me about everything right right especially about our friendship (laughs) right right it's it's right you're like (laughs) isn't a friendship like a given to there is I, I think for me, I've just noted, I'm just really realizing who has stepped up for me, who has, who, supports rec- you. who recognizes me for me and what, what I'm capable of and like built me up instead of being like, oh, you, why would you, you can't do that. You're not qualified for that. You're sure. not. I mean, I had a, a, f- a long time friend of mine, like lose her shit on me. A couple months ago and and just tear me down. I, I think I might have even talked about it on another podcast, but 
it really broke me for a second. It was like, what is happening? What is, what is happening? Because I was convinced we had a different kind of friendship. Sure. And I was like, oh, so you're not here supporting me. You are just totally not, we're not friends. Like we're not. Isn't it funny though, when you take that perspective out of like what you've kind of always seen and you know, I just had this happen with somebody in my family who has decided that she's also supportive and she'll tell me that, but then actually her actions are completely opposite. I mean, that's some gaslighting shit right there. Oh, if I just read you the, all of the text (laughs) messages that I didn't even respond to because, because I'm out of that. I'm like, you know what? No, I would like went to go respond and I'm like, no, it's, no, I it's cannot respond so, to this because you know, it's, there's no point to it. There as women, we are raised to be loyal and trusting and, and, and put a lo- so many times to put our emotions aside. And this is again, right. that inner child work is like, you get to go into those instances and be like, no, I'm not going to hold back my emotions. Right. I am going to say what's but, on my and, mind. But also because I helped create this dynamic, right? Yeah. That there's a part of me that's responsible yes. for it. Yes. That has played into it. And then what happened was, is when I took off those, that idea of what our relationship was and started viewing it from the perspective of like, right. actually, I'm a powerful human being and right. I deserve to have good people in my yes. life. Right. I started to see all of the little behaviors that Isn't I had ignored and gaslighted myself right. into being like, that's totally normal. Like t- yeah. people totally do that to each other. Yeah. Or especially if they're family. Right. Right. <laughs> You're like, well, this is totally how you And in it. her mind, she probably does think that she's been supportive. Yeah. She doesn't see yeah. this as yeah. an issue. She sees this as like, I'm just doing the dynamic the way that we've always done yes. it. And now you're changing. That's your problem. Uh, people don't like when other people change. And this is what I was telling I, my You know friend. what? I totally could relate to it on the right. other side of like and being uncomfortable all of a sudden. I mean, that's <laughs> what this whole podcast is like. Alchemy. If you really, right. really listen to what we're experiencing and are resonating with it, right? It's because you're shifting right. and we're shifting and we're all shifting. And you're going to start noticing the people around you, they drop off quick when you start changing people don't like it they don't want to be reminded that they have work to do they don't want to be reminded that you can actually be a better person or grow and learn and and have joy and happiness and experience the life that you really deserve and want and like get your get your well, when get you the would, things you want when you in embody life. power when you finally come it's, into that space and just think about the times like there was this time I went into bliss right mm-hmm. and I felt how other people felt seeing me yeah. it was the weirdest thing that's and, awesome well and because I I understand now because my dad went into bliss like and then I could feel it from. Mm-hmm. That perspective. So I got this full kind of circle yeah. of like what it's like to experience yeah. going into bliss for a couple of days and then coming out of it. And like, that's triggering because yeah. even the your most adamant supporters and people that yeah. love you feel uncomfortable when there's such a discrepancy in energy. Yeah. And that's really what it is. Yeah. All of yeah. these things we're talking about are energy, energy differences. 
And when, so what happens is, is that like, let's just say you're on the red spectrum, right? The, the like slower, you know, red spectrum being like infrared light, right? It moves slower where violet light moves really fast. Those two things are in the complete opposite place for a reason. So if you're, if you're resonating at violet light, your energy is moving faster. Now there's no difference really maybe there's some experiences that happen things that you're learning that might be different but there's really no difference between energy we're never going to not be energy right so so we're just at different levels expressing different things so you'll come together with people that resonate at that level and that's going to be great but if you're (laughs) resonating at a slower frequency and somebody is uh, resonating at a higher frequency you're going to feel that a hundredfold. So if yes. you're doing a lot of work and you're constantly moving in and out of things, that's going to resonate. And then somebody who's like, you know, I just want to work on my family and I want my friendships and to this, be stable and, and this consistent. Is the thing. There is nothing wrong with that. No. It it's you are where you are. You're well, learning. Spirituality your, is a hierarchy yes, in some ways. And how, exactly. And you're still learning think, things at that red level. Right. And then there's people learning things at the violet level. Right. And there's just, it's it's not one is better than the other. No. But what happens is when you try to force these friendships, when you try to force these relationships. Oh, then you see all of this stuff come out. you're like, <laughs> uh, this is not going to work. Like, it is oil and water because it's just a different, they're just, it, like you said, vibrating at different frequencies. Or when you have the awareness, like you're in a relationship And all of a sudden you're able to get some perspective on it. Mm -hmm. And then you can't go back to the dynamic the way that it was. It's just not going to work anymore. It doesn't work Because your awareness now has incorporated more of the whole story. What I end up telling my, my, she's a client and she's a friend and she's kind of doing this with her friends, her group of friends. And I told her, I was like, I just want you to recognize that it is okay for you to step away from all of these friendships and there's nothing judgmental. There's nothing bad about it. No one has to even be hurt. And I've said this to other friends of mine who are finding the same thing where they find these friendships. I think I've even said it to you. It's like, we're adults and we can recognize what's good for us, what's not good for us. And it doesn't have to be dramatic. It doesn't have to be brawling. It doesn't have to be unkind words. It doesn't have to be hateful. It can just be like, I think our friendship's done. We're moving right. along. It's closing you know? a door and yeah. allowing something new to come in. And I think that's what this eclipse season has mm. really showed us. Oh my God. Is like, this could be a whole other episode. And, it's... and it probably will be because like, <laughs> we're going to have to do this next week. I think maybe we should talk about the eclipse stuff next week. Because like you could feel right. That mm. you entered into a space of time. It almost feels like a, a portal jump or something. Yeah. Or like a time jump of like. It is. I just read something about this. <laughs> it was literally called a portal jump. Right. And because we're moving into what we really want. Now here's the thing. Would we let people hold us back? We're allowing them to affect our behavior of what we want. We're telling the universe, no, I don't want that because I want to make this other person comfortable. And this is where we have to divest from some of the things holding us back and saying those goodbyes to people that aren't going to be beneficial for us moving forward because we're manipulating our own behavior to make them comfortable, whether we're not posting on social media about our stuff, 
whether we just like hold back in a conversation like I was talking about mm-hmm. earlier, whether it's us just n- not showing up at a, when we're in a particular location and we have people that want to hear about our experience, but we're so afraid we're going to offend somebody else with our progress. And so we need to make these ends but also opening to a new beginning. And that person might change. See, the thing is, is that we're always deciding for other people what they're capable of handling. And so when we're able to say, you know what, I need to do this for myself, they might have a bad reaction at first, but it might trigger something in them that helps them to to change. change. And then you've actually transmuted that relationship. This is why you do the inner child work. Just on that final note, you do this work. So that you can move past it and be a beacon absolutely, for others to follow. And if they're not ready to follow you, that's fine. Like they, they will figure it out. Maybe not in this life, in their next. And that's their prerogative, right? So if people want to work with you, how do they find you? They can go to my website, asteriaawakenings.com and I've just shifted my website. I have a whole bunch of offerings, wonderful things, um, astrology coaching. I have a, a little mini class cool. that, where I do like an individual, like showing people like all of astrology. And then I, I just opened up hypnotherapy as well. And of course I do tarot and astrology together and tarot separately. So this is great. And then you can find me on Instagram at Asteria Awakenings. Perfect. And then for you. I am at bobbylarson.com and also Bobby Larson Hypnotherapy on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. Just Google my name. I think I'm around. My kids Googled me the other day. (laughs) And they were like, you came up, Mommy. I was like, yeah, because I've been doing some stuff and I'm around. Um, And then if you need to find us on Instagram, we would love it to follow us at Alchemical Goat Podcast. And I guess that's a wrap. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. Bye.